we'll, you know, apparently we've got a lot of stuff to get into. And we're going to run out of stuff at yeah, some well, point. halfway through the albums, ish, a bit more past halfway, and there's so many other things to, to look at. And this is, there's an idea, this one was just going to turn quick, you know, <laughs> fill, fill the gap because, hey, I got We've got lives. You <laughs> know, I'm a busy man, I've got quotas to meet. This episode of the Motorhead Monthly, uh, we're talking documentaries, but we're talking one documentary in specifics, in particular. The behind the music. Remember behind the music. Remember, remember, Matt and people at home when VH1 had shows about music. I mean, I'm ass- I'm assuming they don't now because I, I haven't seen it in a long time. I didn't even know VH1 was still going. Um, I was quite surprised when I saw the copyright at the end of this and it said 2013. I was like, yeah. fucking hell, it, it was still making behind the music in 2013. But it mustn't have been like on the regular as much as it was back in the day. I know. What was that other one? Uh, the songwriters thing. When it was like they get guys the band in with an acoustic guitar and they'd all sit around them and they tell that was a story. What's that called? The storytellers. Storytellers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen the Tom Waits of that one? Tom no, I've only seen a few. Fantastic. Oh, it's so good. We can't review that for it, unfortunately. No, but we can do it for my other p- podcast. Tom Waits. How great is he? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just an hour of me doing Tom Waits impressions into a microphone. But this one was in terms of music documentaries. It wasn't really high caliber. I thought it started really yeah. well. I mean, it's it's about forty minutes, and yeah, it seems to start really well. <laughs> but the the problem is, and we started watching um the Bronze Era documentary as well, which is on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Motorhead, the Bronze Era. Yeah, which is days. which is very in depth, and this was kind of like a condensed version of that. Yeah. But they kind of get to. They start doing the history, but then as soon as the lineup changes stop, it's like, and then they did this, yeah. and then they did this, and then they did this, and then they went another tour, and then they went to America, and then they went here. And, like, the whole, like, everything from 95 to 2013, <laughs> when this was made, seems to be summed up in about 30 seconds. Thing, like, if you really wanted to, you can make a documentary just on the last lineup and start from there. I mean, there's, there's there's so much to talk even, about. You could do a documentary on each lineup, which is why I guess the bronze air, the bronze age era documentary is one forty, and it says it's part one. So hopefully, there are more of them. Hopefully, <laughs> the, because this one had like an agenda going in of painting. It was like this is Lemmy, like the rock star of all rock stars. Look at all the rock star things he's done, and. Well, yeah, well, that's true. It's not really the point of Motorhead, I don't think. Like, Motorhead is just, like, it's a it's a touring rock band that write good songs. It's, he's not writing them because of this life of sorrow and pain that he's had that they tried to yeah, do on this I documentary. Yeah, I mean, this, this documentary does seem a bit... Because it is... It's VH1. It's behind the music. Mm. It's all sensationalised and... It's like, sensationalized, but trouble yeah, was only around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> every, it's like every... Like commercialized, sensationalized, uh, easy consumable like rock and roll story stuff. Yeah, it's so sensationalized, but it's it really is like a digest of everything. Like it, one of the things I took a bit of umbrage too. Like right at the start, it says, you know, they were they were pioneers of speed and thrash metal, mm-hmm. and like the narrator's getting over that. The fact that, like, oh, yeah, they were they were speed and thrash and everything. But then it cuts to, like, I can't remember if it's Dave Grohl or Duff McKagan or 
or one of the other interviewees who, who says they rock metal, punk, blues. There was something for everyone, and that was the appeal that mm. they transcended all of these, all of these well, like the different same genres. Time, the guy who's narrating the thing is saying like, "Oh, look, it's metal and thrash." And yeah, yeah, because I'm sure like le- like we are Motorhead, we play rock and roll. Like Lemmy doesn't consider the band metal at all does he so i i took a bit of umbrage to that first off but the actual start is quite interesting because i know we haven't really delved into the hawkwind days but there was some quite good anecdotes from there yeah so my favorite being uh he was given the bass have never played it and the guy said quote uh make some noise in e <laughs> <laughs> and that's how this song goes but yeah, because he was was he rosy in for them at the time, and the bass player didn't show up. Yeah. And then it's, does anyone uh, <laughs> Dick Mick is he called? <laughs> Someone says, does anyone know anyone who could play bass? And he's like, Lemmy does, and it's like even though according to Lemmy, he'd never picked up a bass yeah. in his life. And then as you say, make some noise and he. <laughs> the thing about the whole um, Motorhead spawning from Hawkwind is very interesting. Like this had a a wee bit more than you usually get because you, you always hear this story about Canada but this had why he was late getting to Canada so it was, yeah. like, it was like a third striker out kind of thing but this uh, there was a theme behind this uh, behind the music again playing to the rock and roll part of it where it was just Lemmy just saying like these are all the people that held me down and that's pretty much always always how he's painted yeah. Uh, Hawkwind and I, I never understood why they always agreed to be in these documentaries I guess they just got not much else on apart from those like winter tours that they used to do they probably yeah, still do yeah probably still do yeah. he, uh, he, there's a quote that Lemmy said in this that I really liked um, and he, he said when he was talking about them were being abandoned by them and they, they had a, a replacement on the way before they knew that they'd left yeah. before they knew that Lemmy wasn't going to be there they already had a pre- replacement on the way he said quote that's how cosmic they weren't yeah they produ- presented themselves as like cool hippies, but actually they were yeah. kind of dicks. I mean, they. <sighs> it's hard with the whole hippie thing where it's, you know, because at the end of the day, they're about, they can't just be peace and love and then just they've got a job to do yeah. and everything. And like, and I mean, you've really got the one side of this story, man. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to admit, like, the story goes in, in the documentary, which is a bit more than I've heard in, in various other sources that. Uh, they were playing somewhere in Michigan, and Lemmy decided to go out sightseeing. I was taking a few photos and got mugged. Uh, he got knocked out, and when he when he came to, he no money or anything. The band had apparently decided to leave without him, so he hitchhiked all the way to Detroit from. Well, I know that's in Michigan, but I don't know if they were. Is there a city called Michigan? Michigan's the state. Yeah, that's that. But they they don't say what city they're in. So he hitchhikes. Mm to detroit with a big gay trucker he says <laughs> <laughs> and also one of the one of the quotes i liked from it was he was glad to get out there <laughs> once it was finished but um so he played that gig so he, he managed to make it because it was for that night and it was the day after when they were going to cross the border into canada they that he was see. caught with yes he was caught with white powder yes which so they they charged him for cocaine because it was white powder but it was actually speed, so they couldn't send... It was like a, a wrongful arrest. That's report. what he claimed. That can't be right, can't <laughs> I it? know. I just thought speed was like a pill. I, I don't know. It's it's methamphetamine, isn't it? So I think, like, all these types of things, there's different ways you can do it. You can it. get it in any style you want, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, it's, you know, it's, it's versatile. I'll, you can, I'll tell you something. We're not condoning I'll, any I'll, of this. 
on that subject though i'll tell you something i didn't like like they, they brought up early on like the, the death of his like quote the only girl he ever loved even though he's never really said that he said he was head over heels for and stuff yeah. you know but like the they were really playing up the fact how she died young and it was like heroin that did it and like as they were showing these like b-roll footage of the bath of a bath much like the one she would have died in the, the song they were playing was killed by death I know it's That's a bit. A song for that, you know. There's there's other songs about heroin and why you shouldn't do heroin. So, yeah, it is. Those bits of that I felt were very disrespectful. I know. Those things of Paul, his son. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that Sue isn't his mother, yeah. but <laughs> obviously, if he said this happened when Lemmy was seventeen, so it, like Paul's not on the scene for. A while, yet. yeah. He said he had memory of him sitting there being depressed about it. So, like, that can't be right. It's dead weird, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm not... We might be getting the facts. So that's the... That's sort of the impression I got from the from this documentary that I thought it was... They should have got their facts right, because they obviously didn't fact-check, because they said he left his seaside town of Stoke behind to move to London. Ain't no fucking seaside in Stoke. Have you been to Stoke? Yeah. There's nothing there but fucking grey. <laughs> There's Alton Towers is near it. It's near there. Apparently, it's uh, being you know revitalized. Good for them. Well done, Stoke. You still need a a Lemmy statue though. There it does. It does. Mm. If the Rainbow's got one, then Stoke needs one. If Detroit's got a RoboCop statue, <laughs> fictional character. Yeah. Also, oh, to be fair as well, like um, Timpley has a Frank Sidebottom statue, so Stoke <laughs> should have a Lemmy statue. They should. We should start a campaign for that. Or someone from from, from Stoke should start a band like that. And I will rewind it a bit, but there was a, a few other quotes I liked from the early days where Levy was saying about he liked he liked women, but after half an hour, that was that was kind of it. He was sort of <laughs> done with them. So he saw people like Eddie Cochran, like <laughs> just hanging around with loads of women, and he's like, I need to play guitar so Eddie. I can do that. <laughs> Is one of those uh, takes on that quote of uh, sex is the most fun you can have with the clothes off. Sex is the most fun you can have without laughing. I've got like the Lemmy quote book there and there's like five different variations of that quote. I also have a, a brief uh, mention of his childhood working on a, in a machine factory and as a horse handler. There's stuff in the book about his times handling horse and he says like what a great time he had and like that's what he would have done if he never found music. There's all that things could have worked out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about the horse. I've read that book as well, and I can't remember the bit about the horse handling. I do, because he said, there was a weird thing he said about, like, horses are the only animal that have a sense of humour. <laughs> Which, are, they're, they're very smart animals. Yeah. But that's not what this is about. This is about rock and roll. And, and this documentary is made to be, it's about Lemmy's revenge on rock and roll, because they mention, like, you know, they, they show you a picture of the father who abandoned him, and they said the society let him down when everyone started taking heroin. And then uh, the label, yeah. like the, he makes it look like the label dropped him straight away because like you're never gonna make it, kid. With the United Artists, and and then um, the enemy said the <laughs> said the they were the worst band in the world. It all this would all look good in the movie, you know what I mean? This would all be a great montage of clips and stuff. But in real life, they probably just looked at the numbers and were like, "Oh, this isn't working for us anymore." I mean, we we went back and and listened to On Parole. It's not. <sighs> not the best album no, is it yeah, and it's like i'm not uh, bronze like, like bronze dropped him because they thought they'd never do anything yeah i think with all the lineup changes everyone was getting like oh they're circling the drain this is the end of them yeah i mean what was i reading a few days ago i can't remember what i was reading but they said they 
the guy who was making the point that there are very few bands who Survive. get to the t- no get to the top have either sustained longevity like there's there's very few that you can name who've been just up there their entire careers yeah. like even like like you take david bowie and like everyone thinks oh it's david bowie's genius like everything he touched was gold no one remembers the 90s drum and bass bowie yeah. period <laughs> or that 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 purposefully terrible album he made to get out of supposedly to get out of a record contract and it does make it sound like bronze got to the stage where they're like do you know what this this has kind of been milks dry now and it's time to let these guys go we've got we've had you know was it five or six albums it's overkill bomb a spades iron fist and another perfect day we've had five big albums out in the minute's time for them to go so they didn't cover the lineups changes much in this like uh again bronze age did a much better job of that because they actually spoke to the people they really gleamed live at the time so they could they really gleamed over the lineup changes on this it was it was it was bang 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 again compared to bronze age which i suggest you watch the internet the like Robbo was there talking about what a great time he had and how Lemmy was his best mate. And then in the behind the music, the only mention of him was, oh, we dressed funny and we had to tell him not to dress funny. <laughs> <laughs> Silk pumps and uh, green shirts. His ballet shoes and his mess T-shirts. <laughs> and I hadn't heard this. This is the only time I've heard this as well, where Lemmy was saying they went to a show and there was this huge Hells Angels guy there who said... Who looked at Robbo and was like, who's that? <laughs> and he's like, that's Motorhead's new guitarist. And he, <laughs> he replied with, let's kill him. <laughs> According to Lemmy, he also uh, managed to save uh, Twisted Sister from being murdered by Hell's Angels as well when they came over as a support band for them. Because the Hell's Angels saw these guys dressed in like femme gear. And ah, like, oh, right. We're not having this. And he's like, no, nah, lads, give him a chance. Now, the Hells Angels, you could do a whole documentary on the Hells Angels and various run-ins they've had with various bands <laughs> everything. But yeah, this is kind of where it starts to gleam over everything. Like, it was really good, like, up until, like, Motorhead get formed. And it kind of says, it gives the Fast Eddie story, you know, Lemmy turns up, bullet bell, jacket, you're in the bands. And then... I was crossing off stuff <laughs> on the, on my notes as I'm going you're, through. You're I know. I'll have to get a... I'll use this biro because this doesn't have a clicky thing on it. Anyway, and then it's like... And then Phil joins. A motorcycle Irene says he, he was filthy in bed, so that's how he gets that nickname. And then it just kind of... There's a like one bit where it says... Oh, no, that's it. Sorry. Going back. It says Filthy joins, and then there's disaster because Filthy breaks his hand. Yeah. Like, because he... Does he punch... Phil, or he gets in a fight with someone, doesn't it? It's implied that it's Eddie, but I think after viewing various other documentaries and reading books and everything, it's not. He doesn't punch him. But anyway, Phil breaks his hand, and it says, what did the band do? They couldn't stop. They recorded two albums. And it's like, hold on. It's like, <laughs> like Lemmy decided... He went and recorded two albums, and it's like it doesn't explain how Phil's hand got unbroken yeah, or anything weird, like that. Yeah, and then it really just gleams over that that part of the band's history where it says, "Yeah, they released Overkill and Bomber, 
And then they released Ace of Spades. And, like, it's... Neglect to mention two great albums. Yeah, it's like, they want to... It's like they just want to talk about, right, let's talk about the formation and let's get to Ace of Spades as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea was, well, that's the one people know, so let's just talk about that. I guess they were using a lot of footage from the Lemmy movie as well, so all the things they had was Lemmy-centric, so they didn't have... But, like, this is the only interview with Filthy I've seen where where they talk about the second leaving, and he says it's because a girl... He, he had Lemmy's ex-girlfriend, and Lemmy found out and then fired him. Yeah. I mean, does that sound like a Lemmy move to you? <laughs> I don't we know. Speculate now, but well, that's... Because there's... In between the Bronze Age documentary and Behind the Music documentary, there's a classic albums documentary where Phil Taylor won't be in the same scene as as Lemmy and Phil... Uh, no. Eddie Clark. Eddie Clark like won't is... be in the same scene as Phil and Lemmy, but Lemmy and Phil are getting on like all this. Yeah, so. it's, it does seem dead weird because it, it seems weird that Lemmy would take such offence to someone going out with one of his exes because I mean, he's so band centric because he'd be like well we need to keep this band on the road it doesn't like the Ramones stayed together for a long fucking time and jo- Joey Johnny Ramone married uh, Joey's girlfriend and you know, they, they hated each other but they made it work yeah but like they say earlier like Lemmy's he's not the kind of person to, to settle down he just sleeps with people and move on and like he's not like we've we read out the quotes and everything. It's, it sounds weird that he'd be that bothered yeah. about it. And Lemmy said he left because he wants. Well, no, no, he left the first time because uh, Phil Taylor was sure that Robbo's side project was going to be big money, and it yeah. wasn't. Which we've covered a few times. So like that's canon in terms of Motorhead folklore. He said the second time he left is because he really wasn't with it anymore. He was slowing down. He was out of time. And <laughs> I thought it's it's difficult. I kind of believe that more. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not. I mean, you can see it's not really Phil Taylor, I mean. Phil Taylor ages in the photos as well. Like, yeah. well, the second time he came back, he was just like grey and He must have been like on speed to keep up. And yeah, as you get older, you, you know, you got to level that shit out. That's right. I think he's. I think he's boss, Phil Taylor. Like, he's a character. Yeah, it's it's that thing about it. He's he's that edge to the band as as much as Mickey D is absolutely fantastic. He is kind of like. He's that He's Scandinavian, like I, I come in, I drum and do the job, and then and then go. It's like he yeah. has got like that dry sense of humor as well. But Phil's just off the wall. Like there's a bit where they're talking, well they're talking to Eddie Clark, and he <laughs> and he's complaining that no label had tu- no label touches. They they were scared of us. They you know they thought they were dangerous. And the second prior, and I don't know if it's whether it's just edited that way, but he said, yeah, me and Phil have it. I'm fighting a punch up, <laughs> and then and then we'd have a bit of a laugh and everything, and and like, can you blame yourself for why for why labels wouldn't touch you when, when like when the lead and rhythm section of the band are just brawling in the back, and it's like now it's fine they do this, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> so after after everyone gushes over Ace of Spades, you know Dave Grohl, Duff McKagan, Lars Ulrich. Like- Slash rock stars in it, just going on about how big an influence Lemmy was, wasn't it? They did have they did have big names in there, and it's like it is well, good to see them talk about. But like they all basically said the same thing again. I liked the Bronze Age documentary better because it was like 
more in depth with like people who worked as producers and managers yeah. and people who were just like super fans that were hanging around there because they were just normal dudes who like dedicated their life to just being a motorhead fan and they were all weird and quirky but sound in their own way and they 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 brought it to life more than fucking Lars Auric did. Did you notice every time Lars was talking, he was facing away from the camera until his point was, he was coming to the end of his point, and then he turned towards the camera. Yeah. That's just a trick to make him seem like he's got more depth than he does. He doesn't have any depth to him at all. I mean, I, w- I would have liked to have heard, because Metallica have quite an interesting relationship with Motorhead. Like, Lars was the president of the, fan club, the yeah. Motorhead fan club in America, and it would be an interesting to see how that came about, because he was big into his... The irony, Metallica, like, starting out being big into tape trading and you know, swapping swapping demos and swapping albums with people and effectively committing piracy and then suing <laughs> Napster <laughs> in the late 2000s. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on that, but, like, you would have liked to have heard, like, how did you how did you come across this band being like I don't know if he was in America or still in Denmark at the time did you bring it across to America like you know, which albums was it did you have like Motorhead or the, is this when you know, Bomber and Overkill came out you know, did you ever get to see them when you were like that did you ever get to, and and it's not they just kind of talk about you know how great he is I would have even liked to have heard the story about the 50th birthday as well because they yeah, played yeah. at the 50th. There's footage of that on the, maybe it's the Lemmy movie. I've I think there is seen somewhere. footage of that somewhere. There's, I know there's a recording of four of the songs on oh, yeah, and the Garage Days. Yeah. <laughs> They're really bad. I'm not just saying that as a not a Metallica guy, but they are. Like, he just got, he gets the words wrong and shit. And it's yeah. I think everyone must do well. I don't know if it's drunkenness at, at that <laughs> stage. Of, I don't know. But yeah, I, I would have liked to hear stuff like that rather than Lars just spouting his opinion that. Well, I mean, to be, I'm, we're singling out Lars there, but but everyone's like gushing over, gushing over it a bit about how great Ace of Spades is and how like amazing the band is, and you're like, you know, we've got these sound bites from everyone, and it it might just be how it's edited by the producers yeah. just to to try and just just get these sound bites in from these famous rock stars to. Just pick up the documentary. Sell, yeah, that's what the what they think's gonna sell. People are like, oh, Duff McKagan, he's my favorite bass player. Let's see what he's got. Duff McKagan play the bass? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, for forty minutes, it was fine. It wasn't the best behind the music I've seen. The 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 behind the music thing is all about like focusing on the drama of it, isn't it? So that's like you need the ones. That yeah. People in it basically. Yeah. It's, you know, it it sounds awful, but there's not. The incidents they mention, and I think they do sort of, they do dramatize. I'm not, I, you know, I'm probably getting not in shit for this, but like, they make some of the incidents bigger than potentially yeah. what they were. There's there is some awful things that the band have been through, and what Lemmy's been through, and everything. Like they mentioned, we mentioned Sue um, again, having a heroin overdose. They've songwriting. Yeah, they've mentioned of one or two you know, p- passing mentions. They mentioned, like, Andy, his, his roommate as well, who was who's Yeah, they mentioned murdered. that, like, three times, and, and that's fucking tragic and sad and all, but again, there's there's no songs about people being burned to death or being gay in the Motorhead catalogue. Uh, there is there is a lot of songs about intolerance. And, yeah, 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 obviously. And, but, like, he, um, he would have been anti-intolerance. He, he already knew, like, intolerance was a bad thing before his mate got killed. Yeah, it's... It really does gloss over stuff because 
I mean, we know from, from studying, even with the lineup changes, it's never that much of a drama within a few months band yeah, members are replaced and it's not like he, he ran motorhead like a band like business and because that's what had to be done he had the business had to be on the road and that's what that's where he lived so he needed to be on the road all the time so feelings are left behind what was the uh the other quote that i wanted to read oh no i closed notes without saving it never mind I mean, bar. He said. Uh, he said uh, on the subject on the on the subject of Phil Taylor getting slow. He said, "There's no room for passengers on this bus, mm. the metaphorical bus of uh, of Motorhead, and also the tour bus because opposite of metaphor, practical, practically." You know. <laughs> I don't know. This was okay, but it was. I don't think the Motorhead story is suited to this type of dramatized it needs to be long form yeah i mean you you want a band with you know a lot of ups and downs who who like maybe maybe a band who releases an album that or they're massive then they release an album that's not very good and they call it quits and then something happens and they come back together you know, something like that or it's suited to something like sex pistols isn't it yeah. where you've got you've got this loud brash like lots of crazy stories like massive breakup lots of drama and everything and motorhead's not that band they just kind of they are motorhead they played rock and roll yeah. it's there's you know whenever there was drama in terms of shit um a member's left it's like oh we'll, we'll just get someone else like a few months later someone else they there's never any major major breaks or hiatuses i mean apart from towards i mean this is made 2013 so this was just as Lemmy's health was starting to deteriorate and everything, but again, there was that was never a massive, massive deal to get in the way at all, and it was to have a break mm. for a bit and then start again. You know, it wasn't we need to cancel all this and there's this big problem and, and everything. But it's this documentary is not suited to the story of the band. Like this, it's trying to dramatize too much and it's trying to add more weight to certain aspects of this then it it really deserves and to be honest as well like it's just a final criticism of it it's all over the place in terms of the history and everything it keeps jumping back to various points in in the band's history as the peak gill era has gone over in like about 10 seconds yeah. the, the robo era is like probably not even 30 seconds and it whether it's too short for it for the format or or what they probably should have just stuck with we'll do you know bronze age and we'll do up to uh you know, bastards say because that's when the not the final lineup but that's when the lineups kind of established going forward until Wurzel leaves but you, you know what i mean it's like if they just concentrated on that but they're jumping all over the place and it's yeah it's it's hard to unpick a lot of it from from where we're sat and someone coming in who's just trying to learn about the history of the band. It's like this isn't the place to start because you're not going to get a lot from this. The only advantage to the behind the music Motorhead for a Motorhead fan who already knows the history is there's some like footage there that I hadn't seen before. Like there was a photo of them in the the first lineup, 
on the on pro lineup where yeah. like he you saw people yeah. there so much of there was some of that peak girl footage I'd seen, but outside there's, of that, there's some cool photos like where the where the four piece because he seems to have a lot of stuff on the four piece lineup with Phil Taylor, so. Wazel, Campbell, Lemmy. Yeah, because that's when they were really booming, so they were filming live tours and like. Yeah, but it's it's not a lineup that lasts no. for for ages. But they've got a lot of they've got a lot of cool photos from there. Like they're all sat in like judges' chairs, and there's Sutty and Sweep there <laughs> randomly, and then being outside the women, the welcome to the women's bowling center or something like it. And why did they put the stuff about uh, girls' school in there? That that seems like. That was that was odd, wasn't it? Because yeah. it because it, it's and got. And then there was like a, a five second interview with one of the girls from girls' school, and then we just got yeah. back past who, it. And who said? Who all she said is Lemmy said to her, the blonde one. Or apparently Lemmy said to Phil or or Eddie, the blonde one's mine, <laughs> and that that was it. And so they, they just put that in there because again, the it was still as the rock and roll idea, and a part of the rock and roll idea was Lemmy gets a lot of pussy, and there was just strippers. B-roll footage everywhere, and frustratingly as well, when they're talking about the girls' school um, collaboration, they show them playing. Do they show them playing? Please don't touch. Yeah, I'm sure that anyway. They, they show that later on in the documentary, they mention about Phil breaking his neck, and yeah, it, so it, it sounds like these there. two. Yeah, it sounds like those two things were totally separate incidences, but. St. Valentine's Day Massacre and the collaboration with Girl School was done to allow the band to do something while Phil recovered from his his neck injury. It's all it's over the just, place. It really is. Yeah, you get a lot more I'd mileage out of that. Some fucking uh, two stars being generous. You know what I mean? Thumbs down. Anyway, I mean, as I say, some very interesting stuff on the days before Motorhead. Yeah, and the Hawkwind days, which you don't you you tend not to get a lot of, or it's very glossed over in some of the other documentaries. But apart from that, there's there's not a lot of mileage you'll get from this, so I'd, I don't recommend watching no, it, watch even though it's on YouTube <laughs> with Spanish subtitles. Just watch the uh, anthrax behind the music, or the Millie Vanilli behind the music. It's really interesting. interesting yeah. The best mileage you'll get out of this is when... Watch it on YouTube... Watch the version where someone's uploaded it with, I think, the Spanish <laughs> subtitles, and they've put the Spanish subtitles for the songs. Try and sing along <laughs> to the songs with <laughs> subtitles. That's that's the most okay. mileage you get out of this. So yeah, you you go and enjoy that. Everyone around the world, people in the Spanish-speaking countries, are going to find it much easier, I guess. And I guess that's the end of this episode, and we'll be back next month for another episode of the Motorhead Monthly Podcast. The only Motorhead podcast on the internet. I haven't actually checked into that since we started. I bet people probably stole our ideas then. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope they're not doing it better than us. How could they? (laughs) (laughs) And scene.